Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Uh, here's uh, John Morosi. Where is Jeff Passan? Should we just man? call Jeff Passan right now? Yes, just call him. Fox Sports baseball contributor. And there you will find this from John Morosi. Juan Soto trade to the Yankees is now close to being finalized. MLB Network Insider. Me llamo John Morosi. Estoy aquí en Cooperstown. Un gran día para Adrian Beltre. John Morosi. I'm so happy I can't lie to you. It's the best moment of my life. All the fans who are here supporting me means the world. With Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. John Morosi, back from Cooperstown, with us on the hotline, presented by Circus Sports Illinois. What up, JP? Good evening, my friends. Hope all is well in the great city of Chicago. It's been a great week here in Cooperstown. I'm actually still here. Mm. I love it so much in Cooperstown, I have not even left yet. We have one more day of shows tomorrow before I head back and prepare to watch the Lions beat the Niners and win the NFC Championship. But uh, a very, very exciting time here indeed. Well, I picked the Lions to make the Super Bowl before the season, so uh, that would be... You did. Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah, Lions Chiefs. Honorary, honorary Michigander status if you want it. Eh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Um, so, we'll do some Chicago stuff here in a second, but a good Hall of Fame class. You had a role in the candidacy the essay what what is your connection to joe mauer and cooperstown if you could explain it to the audience jp sure i i appreciate it danny uh was very honored uh that the network mlb network and certainly the, the team here does a great job uh, this is one of our biggest events of the year we were here on site in cooperstown and about a month or so ago our producers asked me if i would be comfortable helping to write a video essay in tribute to the career of Joe Maurer and that we were hoping to have one of his longtime teammates and very close friend, Justin Morneau, voice it. And so uh, basically we started workshopping what the script would be. Uh, I sent along a suggested script and Justin added some of his own personal touches on it. And uh, we aired it last night right before the announcement. So we certainly prepared it for the pre-show, which is a two-hour show right before the the revealing of the, the Hall of Fame class. So we did not know at the time that we worked on the essay if he was going to get in. It was just part of part of the show, part of the the preview. If if you consider the the show last night, Gary Sheffield had an interview with Harold Reynolds. So th- there's there's a lot we don't know, but we did know that Maurer's numbers were trending up and 
really happy with the way that Justin read the, the script and how he added his own uh, touch to it. And this is pretty cool to watch the final product last night and and really see how it, it moved a lot of people from Minnesota and, and the Twin Cities in the Midwest. So I was happy to have certainly covered a lot of Joe's games in, in the American League Central. I was on the beat for the Tigers during those years. So saw a lot of base hits off the bat of number seven and, and thrilled for him and his family that he's in the hall now. Yeah, and as a Sox fan, you know, you see a guy's name like Joe Maurer and you say, oh, yeah, first ballot should be there. There shouldn't be much of, a, of, of an argument made against that. So that that is good for him. Congratulations. And for you, John, is there a sense of joy and pride, right, being a part of this whole thing, not only just with the production of that piece, but just as, as a whole with, with everything else, once these decisions are made to see the guys that have finally made it in? It really is. It's an honor in, in two ways. It's an honor to have a ballot, and it's something I take very seriously and spend a lot of time on during the year. Uh, and certainly sitting up here with Brian Kenny and Joel Sherman and Jason Stark and having our conversations, to be able to, to have conversations with the three of them who are also passionate about it as well is special. And it's honestly inspiring for me to do the best job that I can to be as informed about all these candidates historically and in a contemporary way with, with all the different numbers that we have to evaluate. But there's also that, that moment where you talk about the moments of the game and the history of the game and, and why uh, certain players who achieve great things in October, uh, why they stay with us and how that can in some ways elevate a candidacy. I try not to, detract points, if you will, from players who do not have a distinguished track record in October, but it can be the separator for someone like Chase Utley, who I voted for, Jimmy Rollins, who I voted for. And, and so it's really fun to consider players and just discuss them and debate them back and forth over dinner with my friends up here. And so mm -hmm. then it's the TV part of it, which is to be there in the room when they actually announce the results and, and to be in the plaque gallery and to hear Josh Roberts, the president of the Hall of Fame, announce the new class and express what is happening and, and who is about to arrive here. Uh, it is pretty unique to begin with that piece of paper that, by the way, you return in the mail via postal mail, <laughs> very much old school, and then to actually be in the room when the results are announced is uh, it's honestly a blessing, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful to be here. Is there any way Mark Burley ever makes the Hall of Fame? Danny, I hope so, because and and I'll I'll be honest with with Sox fans here, and you know this, I've supported him a, a lot when he's been on the ballot. I did not have room for him this year. I do believe that with the dynamics of the ballot now, we elected three, Gary Sheffield falls off, Ichiro comes on, CeCe comes on, but that leaves me some room. And you, you, had him, I, you had him on last year, but off this year, correct? Correct, exactly. So previous to this, I had voted for him on a, when, when he was on the ballot, but I just ran out of room right now. You're, you're limited to 10. And so you have to make those hair-splitting choices. My, my biggest goal for this year was that both Tory Hunter and Mark Burley would remain on the ballot for at least another year. And and in that respect, we won last night because both of them are back. And and I've always been someone, certainly we've talked about covering the American League Central. I'd like to think that I have perspective on both Burley and Tory that not everybody has because I saw it up close in a lot of big games uh, in Minnesota, in Chicago over the years, certainly in Detroit when they came in to play the Tigers. And and I saw historic greatness from both of them. And, and I really believe this, and, and I'm going to give Sox fans some hope here. The presence of CC Sabathia on the ballot will help Mark Burley, or at least he, he should help Mark Burley. Because when you compare CC's career 
to Burley's career, they look similar enough. I think CC is a stronger candidate. I believe he has a chance to get in on the first ballot, partially because of just the, the sheer number of strikeouts and the dominance that he had as, as an ace for a long time. But Mark Burley, 200 innings every single year for more than a decade is special. And I would like to think that with the way that we look at starting pitching now, guys, it's even more special. And so uh, maybe maybe that helps affirm the case that Mark Burley was underappreciated in his time. Would there be a, is, is there a precedent, though? I mean, he was, what, 10.8% last year, something a little over 8% this year. You need 75% to get in. Is there precedent for a guy going from single digits to 75-plus percent? That doesn't happen very often, Danny, to be honest. Has it and ever? It, uh, that low, I'm not sure. In the low double digits, Roland started out pretty low. I'd have to go back and see what his first first year total was. It was somewhere in that range. Scott Roland got from the low double digits, the tens or teens, into election. And and what why I think it's important for Burley, and and this is something that I think is crucial to to underscore here. Yes, you're playing for this game for the writer's ballot. But also, the higher you get on this ballot, even if you don't get elected by the writers, it does elevate your profile for the ERA committee that will eventually consider your ERA. And so that was true for Gil Hodges. He waited a long time. He was elected posthumously, but he was elected. Jack Morris saw his total go up. And and in some ways, there are some Burley-Morris comparisons. Again, different eras, but the stalwart, but maybe not uh, necessarily a, a strikeout artist for a period of time that that maybe their careers looked better with some remove and indeed sound better when you're in the room being discussed by a smaller 16 member committee that includes your playing peers for example if you project into the future what if joe mauer is there as one of the veterans committee members considering mark burley and says listen I batted against him a lot. Mm. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Remember that potential down the line. And that's an interesting piece because you could see guys like that. We were discussing it yesterday on the show, John, where, you know, once the changing of the guard takes place, whether that is in a, in a veterans committee or just those that are voting, and maybe they had a different kind of experience with guys like Mark Burley because I, I, too, am a Sox fan and would love to see uh, something like that. But I, but my question for you is, has has, has anyone ever gotten in on your watch, maybe that you didn't vote for that you wish you did, wished you had? That's a great question. I'm typically a big hall guy. And so I usually fill up my ballot with all 10 spots. Uh, and so there were some years Mike Piazza got in and I did not vote for him. And largely it was because I wanted to make sure I supported some other candidates who were lower on the ballot. Uh, I think there was a, a question I had between Edgar Martinez and Mike Piazza. There were some very crowded years on those ballots when Bonds and Clemens were still there. And I, I voted for both of them. I do not vote for A-Rod or Manny Ramirez because they were both suspended. And so my ballot now is a little freer. I have a little more latitude to make the choices that I want. So the year that Piazza went in, I, I did not vote for him. Now I believe he's a hall of famer. I'm glad that he's in the hall. One of the best, if not the best offensive catchers ever, but I saw other players that I really wanted to support and sustain their candidacies. And so I, I do acknowledge sometimes I will vote strategically. And that was one instance where I was glad that someone I didn't vote for was still elected in the end. When Jed Hoyer says they're in the fifth inning of their offseason, what do you think innings six through nine look like? I think that we see right now 
if we're if we're imagining the offseason as a game, Scott Boris is on the mound <laughs> with the baseball. He's looking in at the hitter. The hitter is the Cubs front office, and it is a staring contest. And this this particular encounter is is fully in violation of the pitch timer because <laughs> we we are not going to have this wrap up anytime soon. I don't think. And and part of the staring contest for the Cubs, I believe, is okay. You've acquired Michael Bush to play first base, potentially. He's in his mid-20s, so he's not really like a kid prospect. He should be ready to play right away. And you've got Talkman as some insurance in the outfield, and then you have Pete Crow Armstrong. And if Pete Crow Armstrong is as good as the Cubs believe he is, and as good as a lot of the independent evaluating systems believe he is, I'm not sure how much sense it makes to spend $200 million for Bellinger if that's the going rate. You might be comfortable with a number that's less than that or that gives you some more flexibility or maybe you move Bellinger to first base down the line, but I'm just not sure if, depending on the subtext of where Bellinger wants to play, if having him play center field uh, in the long term is a great idea when you have certainly Crow Armstrong right now and also Alcantara, who they believe is a solid, if not spectacular, defensive center fielder in the future as well. So Bellinger right now, tremendously valuable. He was huge for the Cubs this past year, and I still think there's a, a decent chance he comes back. But part of that staring contest is his market value or the ask that he's making is way larger than perhaps his value right now to the Cubs because they believe that Crow Armstrong can help. So I've been saying on the air, JP, that I expect the Cubs to make a trade. They, like they, you don't, ha- you can add salary by trade, and Pete Crow Armstrong, Owen Casey, Kevin Alcantara, there's a lot of outfielders, and they're locked in with Saya, and they're locked in with Hap. I think PCA is going to be with the big league club for the majority of the year, so I don't expect him to be traded, but like. They've got top five prospects in the organization that are outfielders that are in theory blocked. So in my mind, that is coming. Do you agree? I do agree. And and it may be for a pitcher at some point. Now, remember, I love the Imanaga signing, but we we don't know yet how he is going to withstand the demands of the major league rotation. And and will he be able to start every fifth day? And if he can't, what does that mean for having to have a six-man rotation? I, I believe at some point in time this season, probably not imminently because spring training is about to begin and teams at this moment tend to not make a major trade in the two weeks before spring training starts. But you've got names like Bieber, who is still out there. You've got the Marlins starting pitchers like Lusardo and Cabrera, who are still out there. And I could see both of those teams really having interest in the outfield surplus of the Cubs, because you're exactly right. The Cubs have seven, and this is an incredible positive for them. They have seven of the top 100 prospects, according to emblypipeline.com in the entire industry. That's incredible. And three of those seven are outfielders. So you're right. Not everybody's going to be able to play, especially when you've already got Saya and Hap there. Uh, and you've got Talkman in the mix still as well. So I agree. There's tradable depth, and there are teams that need that. Um, I think if they make a trade, I would expect it to be more likely for an additional arm than would be for your everyday center fielder, even though there are still teams, and I'll mention this one, which is, I think, a, a meaningful connection here. The Minnesota Twins, 
They've got Polanco, they've got Kepler, and they need pitching potentially somewhere down the line uh, because of where their rotation is with having lost Maeda and Gray this offseason. So there's a lot of different potential fits going forward that I believe the Cubs could be involved in in the coming months. Maybe not right now, but in the coming months. John Morosi, MLB Network. Good stuff in Cooperstown. Thank you for the time. We will talk soon whenever the Cubs do something. And uh, hopefully the White Sox. 27-24 Lions over the Niners on Sunday is the prediction. And I suppose (laughs) we we can also talk Jim Harbaugh sometime if you want. Well, I was going to say, are you you cool with him leaving now that he won? I am. I am. I I think Sharon Moore is ready. We saw um, Sharon coach the team for half the year anyway and did a great job, won some huge games against Penn State and Ohio State. So I I do think that the time feels like it has arrived. And uh, certainly with all the interest from the NFL, the one thing that Jim hasn't done yet, sure get the sense that uh, there may be a natural time to shake hands and hug and then part ways. Does it bother you that the title is tainted because they spy? Oh, uh, on the contrary. I I believe the title title is – is to me forthright and above board because of the penalties that were imposed by the Big Ten midway through. If the revelations had come after the season was over, it would be, I think, then a little bit of an asterisk. But they found they, they were found out all before the big games against Penn State, Ohio State, Big Ten Championship, Alabama, Washington. I think they earned it. All right. John Morosi. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. You're the best. All the best, guys. Thank you. All right. I mean, he brought it up. I had to troll him a little bit. <laughs> I loved it. He's just so positive. <laughs> he we really won, is. We won a championship. He's he gonna, can go. He, he can go. There's no, there's no stain on this one. So we cheated. <laughs> it's fine. And by the way, I pretty much agree with him. Uh, one of your guys said something uh, a little out of pocket. Want to run it by you since Uh-oh. you're not going to be in tomorrow. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. 
And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.